0: Hey y'all, and welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for family-first entrepreneurs building profitable and progressive businesses. If we haven't met yet, I'm your host, Meg Brunson, and my pronouns are she, her. Before we get started, I want to remind you that this podcast episode isn't gonna change a thing in your business unless you take action. And the best way to follow through is by joining us inside of the Familypreneur Business Accelerator. It's where we work, win, celebrate, and grow together. Head over to familypreneur.co to join us today. All right, let's do this. Hello, familypreneurs. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to introduce you to Jocelyn Montemorano, the founder, award-winning contact strategist, dedicated tea drinker, and outdoor enthusiast of Connect Through content. Jocelyn, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited. We connected so long ago, and I'm so excited to finally have you face-to-face on the podcast or ear-to-ear if you're listening. Um, We have some people who are going to be viewing, some people who are going to be listening. So either way, I'm excited to have you here with us.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, Meg. It was so great to connect with you a couple months ago, and now to bring it full circle with a little interview and chat here will be so fun. We are going to talk
0: a lot about um, video podcasting, content creation. Um, I wanna start with talking about what we need to do to algorithm proof, try saying that you know three times fast, algorithm proof your business. What do we need to understand in order to ensure that our business, our brand, our content is gonna survive despite algorithm changes that are inevitably happening all around us.
1: Yes. That's like one of the biggest frustrations I think with digital marketing is like digital marketing should have made it so much easier for all of us to run successful businesses and live that American dream because we have all of these different ways of, you know, reaching people online. Right. But all these algorithms can really make it feel really overwhelming, really stressful um, and just quite frankly, like annoying to keep up with. Like nobody... we want to use social media as a tool, right? Not as like something that we constantly constantly need to be looking up, you know, how to keep up with it. And when we're looking at our business, kind of relying on an algorithm, whether that's the Instagram algorithm, a Facebook algorithm, whatever type of algorithm it is, um, anytime we're relying on that and creating content for that, it's usually not putting our best foot forward in terms of marketing and really just allowing us to connect with our audience because we're thinking about what's going to get the most reach rather than what is going to connect with my dream customers and how can I just, you know, share my message with them and, and call in the right people. So one of the things that I really focus on in the work that I do is helping people be able to share their message in a way that might use algorithms and tapping into it a bit, but it leads with creating that high quality content in the form of a video podcast first, where you don't need to rely like on all of these different algorithms. And then you're able to repurpose that video podcast into algorithm minded content that works on things like Instagram reels or something like that, where you can Play into the algorithm, but first you are leading with the content and the message that you want to share, rather than leading with what's trending this week or what is the hack that's going to get the most reach. We're always leading with what is the message we want to share, and then how can we maybe serve it up in a way that is going to appease the algorithm? Maybe not a hundred percent, but you know eighty percent there. So that's that's how I really start to look at it: is how can we shift from you know, hacking the algorithm, beating the algorithm, that type of mentality to what is going to allow me to put my message out there in the best way possible? And then how can I use, you know, little tactics here and there to help it reach more people? I love that you, okay. you brought that up, because I think that it is,
0: you do get overwhelmed with like, wanting to get the most reach, so that you're not really thinking about the one person or or the people that you're trying to reach instead it's like you get wrapped up in, in the tech pieces of things and then you get distracted from your messaging so you recommend starting with a video podcast and what exactly what exactly does that look like how does somebody get started with that and what does that initial process look like
1: yeah, I recommend video podcast for same reasons you're kind of doing one right now, um, because you can distribute that in more ways. So number one, when you create a video podcast, you are not inherently leading with like some algorithm and hacks. You have a beautiful space to be able to say, OK, I can make an episode that's five minutes long if that's all I need. I can make an episode that's an hour long if I'm covering something really in depth. So you have the space, you're not limited to, you know, 60 seconds, you're not limited to 2000 characters or anything like that. So you have the space that you need to, you know, grow and shrink your message in that format. And then what I love about it is because you're able to create that better content, because you're not thinking about you know, is this going to be the trendiest thing? Is this, you know, hacking the algorithm? Does this fit in this 60 seconds or this 2000 characters? Because you're not thinking about all of that and you can just simply show up and share your message, share what your audience needs to understand in order to make an informed decision to buy from you, or in some cases not buy from you, mm-hmm. you have really high quality content. And then because you've done it in this video format, in addition to the audio format, You're able to distribute that across your social channels and on YouTube as well. So you can cut it up into those little reels that perform a lot better than static posts and take advantage of the algorithm and use it in your favor in that way. But you're not needing to, you know, create the trendiest dance of the week. You're leading and saying, okay, I know that algorithm prefers short form video, but here is how I'm going to do it. Here is how I'm going to do it and make sure that my message is, you know, at the forefront of what is being shared rather than hopping on what's trending. So it allows you to really keep your message front and center, which is what I'm all about is like, that's why we're marketing in the first place, right? We're not marketing to have the most viral video. We're marketing for people to understand what our message is and understand how we could possibly make an impact in their life. So I want to make sure anytime I put something out there, it leads with that first. So I found that the video podcast format makes it really easy for people to, yes, be able to create high quality content, but then also be able to leverage it in better ways across these platforms that, again, appease to the algorithm a bit, but kind of like with boundaries in mind saying, I'm not going to, you know. Dance if that doesn't feel fun to me. Like to me, that sounds like my worst nightmare dancing. Some people that's fun and exciting, and that's totally fine too. I'm not saying don't do those things, but I'm just saying if that's not aligned for you, it's very important to kind of have those boundaries. So for me, this allows me to and my clients to create content that they want to put out and use the algorithm in their favor, but with those boundaries in place.
0: And I love having other marketers on the show. Because I feel like you reflect something that I know, but like I didn't really think about it that way before. And I just want to share that, like, the reason I'm doing this video podcast now, I started as an audio show. And for me, it was about giving people the information in whatever way they prefer to consume it. So like there are some people who prefer videos, there's some people who prefer mm-hmm. audio, there's some people who prefer to read. And so I was like, well, what's the best, like, how can I, and video was the answer. You do a video podcast, you strip out the audio, you transcribe it, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit more about different ways that you can, that you can, what's the word for multi-purpose, you know, that, that content. Um mm-hmm. But I love that idea, too, of that added. For me, it's the added benefit because it wasn't the thing that led me. But for you, it was the thing that led you was that you show up more authentically. And like even with these podcasts, you'll notice that they're all like about the same length, but not necessarily. Sometimes we wrap up the content in a shorter amount of time and that's totally fine. And other times we go longer. Um, but we're not like rushing to get the content in in a, in a certain time spot or trying to pad the content to get it to fill a larger time slot. So it's like you're able to just authentically show up, have the conversation, discuss the topics, and then let that let that lead. So I know I just talked a little bit about repurposing video content, how I repurpose my video content, but what are your recommendations for how a video podcast can support those multiple goals?
1: Yeah, great question. So when I think about it, I think about it through kind of like the two different, you know, types of content platforms that we have. We have search platforms, which are things like YouTube, the podcast players themselves, Google, and Pinterest. And then we also have your social channels, you know, that you might be using, whether that's Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or maybe even TikTok, if you have hopped on to that trend. Um, So when you have that video piece at the top, that's what allows you to leverage all of those platforms which is really great. So what I recommend my clients do is at least bare minimum, if you have that, you know, longer form video content, you have that ability to post that to YouTube, which taps into YouTube SEO, you can post that to your podcast feed, which taps into all of those podcast player SEOs, and people can find you, you know, searching Apple podcasts. And then I also recommend that they repurpose that into an article version so that they tap, they tap into google seo as well and get people who are you know searching directly on google for article content. So those are like my three bare minimums of how to repurpose your video podcast because those it sounds like a lot, right? Like it sounds like oh my god, I have like this this and this, but it's actually not a lot at all. You're creating one video asset and then simply posting it to youtube with an optimized description, transcribing it for an article and posting it to your player. So that all that work is like 60 seconds to cover three major types of SEO platforms. And then from there, I also recommend being able to slice up your episodes into, you know, 60 second clips that can be posted on Reels or TikTok, if you're there, LinkedIn, wherever you are, but just getting those like 60 seconds to like Sometimes, um, obviously, Reels and TikToks... Well, TikTok actually just announced it's longer. Um, they can do up to 10 minutes now. But for the most part, TikTok is and Reels typically are 60 seconds, but you can post a little bit longer. So I recommend clips anywhere from 60 seconds to like three minutes that pull out those like key concepts from your episode. And you can distribute those on social. Now you don't need to create all net new social content. And you are appeasing the algorithm by having this high quality short form content. And it is teasing out these concepts and pulling people in to go actually listen to the full episode, which is what we want because the more time they spend on your content, the more time they understand who you are as an expert and what you're all about. And that's what's going to make them grow their like, no trust with you. And then ultimately feel confident in purchasing from you when. The time is right for them. So, thinking about kind of again those social or those search platforms, and then clipping those things out into um, great social videos as well that are a little bit shorter. You can also, of course, repurpose those that video content into text-based things, like you know a text. Based Facebook post, or maybe you do a graphic carousel for Instagram, or a quote card, or things like that as well. But I definitely, because my clients are recording video podcasts, I always recommend. I'm like, let's get those video clips first and prioritize that because those are going to be so much stronger. There's a saying in the content world where it's um, visual is more powerful than text. And motion is more powerful than visual. So anytime that we can use motion, that's going to just be better for yes, the algorithms, but also for your consumer who wants to be pulled into your content and needs something to like capture their attention, whether that's a really compelling thought or, you know, whatever it might be that pulls them right in.
0: Yeah. And people, I mean, I don't have a stat. It's just like, common knowledge, common experience, maybe is a better way to put it. But like mm-hmm. when you're watching video, you instantly feel more connected. The same way, in my opinion, when we do these these interviews on video, I feel more connected to you as my guest than if we were to turn off our cameras, which we could do. And mm-hmm. sometimes, like some people actually recommend that for podcast recording. That's a whole other thing that, that I don't really want to dive into right now. But having the <laughs> video on or even watching a video of somebody else you just develop that no like trust factor so much faster. Mm-hmm. I'm curious though um that you must have clients who don't want to be on video. Period. And what how do you approach that when somebody is so camera shy for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, not having a pretty background mm-hmm. or not wanting to put makeup on, yeah. whatever the reason is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there. I mean, there's a couple of reasons. Like you said, it could just be anything just from like their own self to like they're living in a construction zone because they're renovating, they're in an RV. Like there could be a a dozen reasons why. And of course, we can go down the audio podcast route only and we can make video an aspirational goal for the future if that's something they want to work towards. And we can develop, you know, the skills over time where they feel more confident as they, start developing their audio only version. The thing to consider is, you know, my thing is, I want you to make the informed decision about what is best for you. So I just don't want you to decide that you're going to make an audio podcast, not realizing the huge opportunity that exists with video. If you decide, okay, I understand the opportunity that exists with a video version and how much more I can leverage that and really get more out of each piece of content I get, but audio still feels better to me, then 100%, you're making an informed decision to go there, right? And that's okay. And then again, you can choose never to go with a video or you can choose, I want video, but I just want more confidence and more practice or you know, not to be in an in RV or not to be in a construction zone or something like that before I do it. So there needs to be a really great balance between, okay, let's make sure you understand you know, the differences between audio only and video only, let's make sure that when, if you do decide to go audio only, that we're understanding, is this something that you want to keep forever? Or is video something you want to work towards? And we'll make a plan for that, if that's the case. But just having that, that awareness about, you know, why you're making your decision, I think is, is the most important.
0: And that makes a lot of sense. I do know, for me, I started with trying to do, like, audiograms, which is, like, a static image, and then the audio Mm -hmm. is from the podcast, and then you – sometimes there's, like, a little wave um, form that, like, shows on the image. So that was, like, dipping my toe in it, Um, and I just want to say that since I Mm -hmm. switched to actual video with, like, my face, even in all of its imperfections, um, the – the reach, the engagement, everything was better than with the audiograms. It's just my experience. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that is an option, too, for, for dipping your toe in the water. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the strategy. So if we're listening and you're like, okay, I'm in. I like this idea of a video podcast, whether I've had a podcast before or or not. I like this idea. I'm going to explore this a little more what can you tell us about uh, a profitable show strategy for, for getting started?
1: Yeah. So what I work on with my clients and where we really spend the most amount of time is their show premise. Because with a podcast, whether that is audio or video, it's a show. So similar to like our favorite TV shows, there needs to be a premise. It's a little bit different than just publishing, you know, um, a piece of content one-off on its own. It You want everything to be tied together around some type of idea or concept, um, and you want to look at things through a unique lens. So when you're thinking about your premise, it's really important to understand what is your vision of the future. This is how I look at it, because we want to build a community of people that are interested in building the same vision of the future that you have, because we want all of your prospects to be aligned with, you know, what you are working towards in your business. And today it might look like one offer and tomorrow or three, five, 10 years down the road, it might be very different offers, but hopefully your life's work is all working towards the same vision, even if it takes shape over different years. So we spend a lot of time uncovering that person's vision. So I would encourage you to do the same and really ask yourself yourself, What is that vision that I want to share with my community? What do they aspire to have? What am I working to either improve, make easier, make better in the world, in my industry, and for my clients? That's going to help you really uncover a lot about your show. And then what's also really important to consider is then how you are doing that differently than other people in your industry and other people in your niche, and really highlighting your differentiator and what makes you different. Because when it comes to not only content, but of course, your business and your offers itself, as experts, really, we need to call in the people that we're aligned with, and that are aligned with the way that we work. So we need to be very clear about how our approach is different than other people's, not just for the sake of like, making more sales, but for the sake of making sure that what we offer is in full alignment for them. And they understand, hey, I'm going to have you use a video podcast. If video is something you've never, ever wanted to do and don't ever want to do, it's important that you understand that that's what I do. Um, And if that's not what you want to do, you should go work you know, with somebody who maybe works with introverted entrepreneurs and can put together a visibility strategy for really introverted entrepreneurs. Um, So those nuances are really important. And I think a lot of time people view that as, you know, competition or trying to differentiate yourself in that way. And I always view it from the point of how do differentiation is what allows us to better call in the right people and also repel the wrong people. So your show strategy should be aligned with your vision and should also really clearly highlight what makes you different. So it's very clear to the people who are tuning in whether or not the show is right for them and ultimately whether or not their business is a right fit for them as well.
0: And on the same lines, you can also leverage that to help the people who aren't a good fit for you. Like if I come to you for help and I'm not a good fit for you, if you know enough about your competition, you know, in air quotes, then you can say, I'm not right for you, but Jane Doe over there does this. And then you're still positioning yourself as an expert in your space because you, you know, all the other people in your space. And when I'm ready to take it to the next level, I can leave Jane who doesn't do video and and come back to you. So it's also like being able to plant those those seeds and even help the people that maybe you're not called to help right now but you may be able to help you know more down the line I'd love to know in what ways like you've talked a little bit about how you work with clients when clients come to you do they typically have a podcast already or are they starting from scratch
1: most of my clients are starting from scratch when they come to work with me they realize like you know, either they've built their business on social media, but they're kind of plateauing because with social media, unless you keep posting more and more and more, (laughs) you're not going to make sales. And even just doubling or tripling your post does not mean that you're going to double or triple your sales. So they're coming to me where they're like, okay, I've, you know, gotten some momentum in my business. I know who my customers are. I have my signature offer and I really want to market it in a way that, matches my level of sophistication as, you know, a coach and business owner. Um, some people also come to me, when they want to redo their strategy because maybe they DIYed their podcast strategy and they're like, okay, I've either gotten some momentum on this show, but it's time to reevaluate it for one reason or another, either because I've had the same strategy for a couple of years or because I'm making some adjustments and pivots in my business and I really want to make sure my show aligns with that. Or because unfortunately they, you know, DIY their show strategy and it's not converting for them and it's not, you know, giving them the results that they want and they need somebody to kind of help them uncover. But I would say most of the people come to me when they um, are ready to start a show for the first time and they want to make sure that when they go to make that investment and make that commitment to something like that, that they have a strategy they know is going to be profitable for them.
0: And what about the decision um, to run a solo show versus an interview show? Do you have any recommendations on that?
1: Yeah, great question. So I always recommend a hybrid of you should have some solo episodes because if you are an expert in any way, you know, a coach, a consultant, creator anything that is leading with expertise as kind of your business model people need to understand who you are because you are going to be helping them make a big transformation in their life and you might be charging high ticket if you are in that world as well so if they're going to invest four or five figures in your business then you know they, they want to know who you are they want to understand your philosophy your approach your perspectives they want to make sure that feels really good so those solo episodes are going to really help you, you know, nurture that relationship and build that trust with your community and really highlight your expertise. And then the guest interviews are just a huge opportunity, number one, to support the premise of your show, um, but also to build really great win-win relationships. So when I'm conceptualizing guest series with my clients, we look at the different types of relationships that they want to form, whether that's partnerships with people that might be referral partners or affiliate partners, promoters, podcast hosts that, you know, whose podcast they would like to be on or, you know, promoters in the sense that maybe they have a big client community that they'd like to be a part of. How can we get those people onto the show? There's also possibility to bring prospects onto the show and really develop that relationship with prospects clients. like There's so much value to be had, not only just in what that guest might be able to bring and share on the show, but in the relationship that can be formed. So I really always recommend having some type of guest series, but it's key to make sure that that guest series can accommodate the types of guests that you want to form those win-win relationships with. And it also supports that premise of your show and helps to differentiate your show as well.
0: I love that you outlined a lot of the different guest options. I know some of the podcasts I listen to have like coaching calls. So you can hear how the host Mm -hmm. is interacting with a client and what that coaching call would feel like. And it's beneficial to listen to. It's beneficial for the people who are on the call. I've also been like the one being coached on a call. So it's like, I've Mm -hmm. been in a lot of those different seats Um, and there's lots of different options for ways to leverage the interviews and the, the great thing, like everything we've we've talked about today, right, is you can get started in the way that seems easiest to you. If that's solo shows or interviews, you can always add yep. things on later. I'd love to just take a minute and have you share where our listeners, where our viewers can continue to connect with you and your business going forward.
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Content. And that is also my website, connectthroughcontent.com. And you'll be able to subscribe to my emails there that I send out weekly with just tips, guidance, insights, inspiration for creating high quality content and getting your show started. And content.
0: I mean, it really is so important. It's like the backbone, right, of your of your business. So I definitely encourage everybody to reach out to Jocelyn and continue to get some tips and tricks from her. And I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here today. I love connecting with you and I love seeing all the things that you're doing on social media. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Meg. This was a great chat and I hope it was super helpful to your community as well. I'm sure it was. We'll talk soon.
0: All right. That is it for this episode of Familypreneur. Join us inside of the Familypreneur Business Accelerator to follow through on the action steps from this episode alongside an incredibly supportive community. Plus, access our robust training vault and a variety of exclusive monthly virtual events, including co-working, happy hours, and bonus training sessions. Head over to familypreneur.co and join us today. Until next time, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur Business Accelerator. Bye for now.